So we are just really beginning to get into this uh, new subject of life in the spirit. And uh, we're going to be opening it up in the days to come. And, and we'll just let the spirit lead us over these weeks and months to see where he takes us. But I felt there was a couple of things that in the next few weeks that I do want to, to talk about. And one of them today that I want to talk about is the spirit and the Trinity or the spirit in the Trinity. And uh, uh, I want to mention a book that uh, I meant to bring with me and hold up in front of you today. It's a book I've mentioned before, um, but uh, um, I forgot to bring it. But it's called The Good God. And the subtitle is Enjoying Father, Son, and Spirit. It's a tiny little book. It's a thin book. But it's the most powerful book. It's by a man called Michael Reeves, and I will mention it um, and quote from it a bit later on. But if you like little books that really catch your spirit and, 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 and grow you as you think, particularly around the subject of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's The Good God by Michael Reeves. But uh, just going to read from John. Um, off, quite a few of the verses and things we're going to be looking at are going to be based in John as we go through. There's so much about the Spirit in John that I hadn't realized really properly until recently. Just a few verses from John chapter 14 and uh, verse 15. This is Jesus speaking. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, <clears throat> and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, we ask today for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know and understand more of you and uh, of the truth of who you are in this wonderful personhood. So give us open ears today, Lord. Give us open hearts to receive your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. The life that the Holy Spirit gives is not something abstract. In fact, it's not something at all. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit gives us himself so that we might know him and enjoy him. But there's an incredible truth in the life and the work of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us himself that we might know him and enjoy him, but that in knowing him and enjoying him, we also get to know and enjoy his fellowship, his relationship with the Father and the Son. So it's important for us to understand the Holy Spirit is not some impersonal divine force like holy electricity. 
Um, if you've ever had opportunity to talk through in any detail with the Jehovah's Witnesses, one of the things you'll find if you get into a subject around uh, the, tri uh, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, obviously many of us know that they have a certain position in regards to the Son. We don't recognize the same divinity of the Son that we do, but also that the Holy Spirit somehow is some sort of ethereal, floaty uh, power out there. But that's not what the Bible teaches. It's not what the Bible teaches. In every way, he has a personhood, just like the Father and the Son. The challenge, of course, is that very often we find the Holy Spirit being described in ways that sound very impersonal, don't they? So wind, ruach, the ruach of God, wind, water, fire. It's very elemental, isn't it? A dove. So on the face of it, it it's very ethereal and, and, and floaty almost, all these, these great powerful pictures, but it doesn't sound or feel very personal. I just want to draw your attention, of course, to Jesus. Jesus has all sorts of titles and descriptions that could make him sound just as impersonal. The Word, the Bread. I don't know, when I was a little boy, I used to picture this sort of big giant loaf of bread. I used to picture all sorts of things because I went to a church where you weren't allowed to do anything except sit very still and be very quiet. Um, so a lot went on inside my head, as you can imagine. The gate, the way. Here's one. This would have been the little boy and me. The arm of the Lord. I don't know, is there some disembodied floating arm floating around somewhere? The arm of the Lord. These are all descriptions. But of course, these titles and descriptions are given to help explain the nature of what God does, what he gives, his, his role in different situations. But that doesn't make him any less personal. It doesn't make Jesus any less personal or the Holy Spirit any less personal. It's the same with the Spirit. So a number of scriptures, you can note these if you want, you can go and look at them. But as a person, the Holy Spirit speaks and sends. Acts chapter 13. He chooses. Acts chapter 20. He teaches. John 14. He gives. Isaiah 63. He can be lied to and tested. Just want to stop there for a moment. In Acts chapter 5, very famous story of Ananias and Sapphira. People had been selling pieces of property and lands, possessions that they had, and this wonderful phrase, they were bringing the money of the property that they've sold and placing it at the apostles' feet. What it means was they were submitting, they were surrendering um, this money. They were giving it for the use of the gospel, for the use of the church, for, for using with the poor. And people were, were selling property and doing that. Ananias and Sapphira sold a piece of land and they brought the money to the apostles. The thing is, they kept some of the money back. Now, they could have kept, that was fine, but it's clear from the story that they lied. They could, it was their money to do with what they liked, but they, they, they kept some back. 
But this is the interesting thing. It's so important if you are ever talking to our, our good friends, the Jehovah's Witnesses. This is a wonderful story, Acts chapter 5, to go to. Because Peter says, how come it is that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? You can't lie to electricity. You can't lie to the wind. You can only lie to a person. But then what's really important in that verse, verse 4, he also says, you have lied to God. There's two great truths right there in a very... Uh, interesting little story that you might miss. You have lied to the Holy Spirit. You've lied to the person, third person of the Trinity. You have lied to God. The Holy Spirit is God. Peter's there, apostolic declaration, and Ananias drops down dead, and his wife comes in. She gets asked the same question, and she lies, and she also dies. So he speaks, he sends, he teaches, he gives, he can be lied to and tested. He can be resisted, Acts chapter 7. He can be grieved, Isaiah 63 and Ephesians 4, blasphemed. Matthew and Luke, uh, chapter 12 of Matthew and Luke, talk about that. And so, as we said, in every way, the Holy Spirit has personhood, just like the Father and the Son. And part of the role uh, within the Trinity, as it were, of the Holy Spirit is to bring life, to bring life. We see that right at the very beginning of creation, Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God is there, the Godhead is there, and God said, John 1, jump to John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, he was with God in the beginning. Of course, again, I don't know, it's the morning for mentioning Jehovah's Witnesses, I, I didn't mean to do that, but as we know, it says he was a God. But that's not what the Bible says. In the beginning was God. He was with God in the beginning. And so right there at the beginning, you have the Father, the, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You have the Word of God, and the Spirit of God is hovering. God saw that the light was good. Uh, God said, let there be light. There was light. He saw that it was good. He separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening and morning the first day. The Spirit is right there at the very heart of the Godhead, bringing light, bringing life. And he continues to be that, that life bringer. The Holy Spirit is a life bringer. Even in the resurrection, Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. That's a profound truth that I managed through uh, quite a lot of tears to speak over my dad when I met with him last Saturday as I prayed with him. But we, we shared these verses together. My dad's got a great faith. Thank God for that. But these are profound verses. We're going to quote some verses and look at verses in the weeks to come. You need to take them away and really understand them. 
Because we live in bodies that are wasting away. We know that, we recognize that. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. There is something more than the flesh that is at work. There's something more than that which is wasting away. There is life in the spirit. That's our, that's our subject. That's our title for these coming weeks and months. Life in the spirit. What does that mean? That the spirit of God is alive within us. I'm going to need some people to start saying hallelujah at some point. Okay. I am. I'm going to. One of the reasons why I always love to pray for people to know and to be filled with the Spirit, especially if they're poorly, especially if they're hurting, especially if they're battling and struggling, etc. I love one of the things we've so missed, haven't we? And we're longing for and looking forward very soon to begin to begin to lay hands on one another. But I love to do that, particularly those who are poorly, hurting, battling, struggling. Why? Because the Spirit gives life. I want people to know the Spirit. My background was one that I was steeped in the Bible. I was told about the Bible, but there was no life. That little boy sitting there like a ramrod, occasionally with a tiny piece of paper that he was allowed to draw on with a little tiny pencil that his grandpa would give him when no one was looking. There was no life. And I know that when I began to encounter the Spirit, I came alive. What I do remember was that there were hymns, great hymns. Who loves hymns? I love hymns. I want to say to you, some of you got a hymn book tucked away on an old shelf. Get it out and have a look. It's wonderful truth. Sometimes I get the hymn book out and I'll just start reading it and I'll sing old hymns. There's this great truth in hymns. But I can remember there was something inside me that would begin to sort of rise up. But we weren't, you know, we were like this. But I grew up in the 70s and then, of course, into the 80s and so on. Um, and, and the Spirit of God was beginning to be poured out in the church. And so, um, sorry, I, I'm moving around here, Chris. But, you know, hands were, you know, like this. We could, we could just about get away with hands doing this. I remember the day, one day, when I was able to just do this. I've told the story before. I was in a meeting, and I saw this man dancing at the back. I thought, what on earth? And men don't dance in church. They don't, well, they don't dance at all anyway. That's how I was brought up. And they certainly don't dance in church. And there was a man dancing, but there was incredible freedom. And I went to him afterwards. I said, what is that? And he said, it's life in the spirit. Now, men here, please don't panic or worry. Um, uh, you, I want you to have a freedom. If you want to dance, please dance. But there's a freedom. Mike, I've gone so off my notes. <laughs> Mike, Mike's been getting me to come off my notes. <laughs> the Spirit gives life. Why do we want to pray for one another? Why do we want to encourage one another to be filled with the Spirit? We're going to be talking about this in weeks to come as we talk about being baptized, drenched, immersed, filled with the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit gives life. It's a little 
important part for me. We'll come back, we'll talk about it another day. It's another subject. But one of the other things I love to talk about, the spiritual gift of tongues, as the Bible calls it, or spiritual languages. Why? Why, do, why is it so significant as you read it? Because it says the person who speaks in spiritual language, well, literally, it says, feeds themselves. The, the, the word that's used there is edifies themselves. They build themselves up. But it's not building themselves up with junk food, sugary sweets. People said, how have you lost so much weight? Well, I've stopped eating sugar. That's the main reason <laughs> I've lost weight. Um, but I do still need to feed myself with something. Otherwise, to quote Paul Rass, I will waste away. Paul, I can assure you, I'm not going to waste away. It's all right. But the person who prays in the Spirit doesn't build themselves up with rubbish of the flesh. They build themselves up with the Spirit. The Spirit, they pray in the Spirit. The Apostle John, the book of Revelation, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And wow, look what came as he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, the book of Revelation. People have debated and discussed it ever since. The Spirit brings life. That's why I want to encourage you, if you do pray in spiritual language, I encourage you, do it more, because it builds you up. But don't empty your mind, fill your mind with the Lord, invite him to remind you of himself, and it will build you up. I'm just going to make a counter-cultural statement right now, a statement that goes right against the world in which we live, society in which we live. We don't have life in ourselves. We don't have life in ourselves. We depend entirely on the Spirit. See, when Adam and Eve turned away from God in Genesis chapter 3, they turned to death. The result is that all of us are born into the world spiritually dead. The Bible teaches, Ephesians chapter 3, we are born in our sin and our trespasses and sins. We're born in Adam. We're born into that same death. Our hearts are turned away from God. Our love and our desire is for other things. Actually, much of our love and desire is just for ourself, selfishness, self-orientated. But whatever our desire is, it is not for the one who is the source of life. That's why Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. Nicodemus is trying, he's trying to get his head around it. I don't understand it. How, how can you go back into your mother's womb, he says. No, Jesus says you need to be born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit, born of the words. I want to point out that there are many courses, many apps, many books out there today, and even more so with COVID-19 and so on, talking really around the subject of mindfulness, about calming ourselves, finding peace in a time of anxiety and so on. Now, don't get me wrong, it's important to be mindful. It's important to become calm. It's important to find peace. But I want to say this and, and declare, outside of God, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, outside of life in the Spirit, 
the desires that are within us that we're encouraged to, to go towards, that the desires within us that we are led by only lead to death. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. This is what the Lord says, Jeremiah 17, 5. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Trusting in man, trusting in flesh, our hearts are turned away from the Lord. Proverbs 14, Proverbs 16. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. There's no hope of life that is to be found within ourselves. If I look in, if I focus in, I don't find peace. I don't find calm. What I find is sin and death. But thanks be to God that the Spirit gives new birth through life, new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> through the teaching of the Bible, through the hearing of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes that were blind to, to enable us to see who the Lord Jesus truly is. I, I love what Hannah was sharing. I, I didn't know there was a sense of blindness. If, if I look back now, I wouldn't even recognize myself. There was this blindness I couldn't see. But the Holy Spirit comes by the grace of God and he touches and opens my eyes to see Jesus in all his glory. It's the work of the Spirit. That's what the part of the Spirit does. He's, the Holy Spirit is like a midwife. He's bringing to birth. The person, the third person of the Trinity, he's bringing to birth. He brings about life, giving us revelation, a spirit of revelation to see and understand who Jesus is in all his glory. And he wins. One of the things the Holy Spirit does is he wins our hearts back to our Father, back to the Son. He wins us back, woos us, draws us. This is true eternal life, says Jesus, John 17, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And it's the Holy Spirit who's the revealer of that truth. We'll talk about that in weeks to come. The, the many things that the Spirit does. Why are we so keen to welcome the Spirit? Why are we so longing to pray for one another to be full of the Spirit? Because of the things that he does, the truth that he brings to us. So that life that the Spirit gives is not something abstract. It's not something floaty. The Holy Spirit gives us himself. It's his own life that he shares with us. And I want to say this, he doesn't just come and deposit something and then move on. You want to hear those words of Jesus that I began with in, uh, in John, John, uh, John 14, wasn't it? You know, he, do, he doesn't come and go, zap, and then he's gone. You know, I don't know about you, sometimes we think about the Holy Spirit as a bit of a zapper. He gives us a zap somehow and, and then he's gone. Jesus doesn't say that. No, he comes to be with us and remain with us forever. 
forever. He comes to be with us and remain with us forever. He lives within us. And just as I come towards a close, and I want to just take a couple of moments together to pray, one of the things the Holy Spirit does in this being and remaining is he brings forth fruit. There's a blossoming and a growing. You see, it's not just a, oh, I got zapped. I remember September the whatever, 19 whenever, there was a day I got zapped and, and somehow I've been trying to sort of live in that zap. <laughs> no. He's with us, remaining with us, within us. And as he's within us, things begin to blossom and grow. That's why the Apostle Paul says, be being filled. Go on. Don't just say it was a day once upon a time. Somebody laid hands on me and I felt something very powerful. That was wonderful, significant. I want to unpack something more of that in weeks to come. But there is a daily remaining, a daily filling, a daily walking in the Spirit. And as we do that, something is blossoming and growing. I love this time of year, don't you? I absolutely do. I mean, I love all the times of year, really. Um, but this time of year, I just put on my Facebook this morning an incredible, one of those, one of the amazing um, cherry blossom uh, trees just down Church Road in Gurnard. Just incredible. And then the electric blue sky behind it. But just the, you can feel finally, even with this east wind, but you can feel things warming up. So we're all, we're all drawn to the patches of the sun at the moment, aren't we? Um, dear Terry and, and Les yesterday, with uh, they were all sat out here in the garden and half the garden of grass was in sun and half of it was in the shade. And Terry had a big old fur coat. They were sat out here having their reception. She said, I'm going to move into the sun. But uh, there's a warming up. The soil is warming up. And what happens? You walk up and down your garden. You walk up and down your garden. You can see it coming through. Things are pushing through. Life is coming. Wonderful quote from Michael Reeves that I mentioned, the good God, about the importance of the Spirit, of Spirit's life in us. He says, Just as the Spirit first makes us warm with life by turning our hearts and their desires to Christ, so he warms us up. How? The new life that the Spirit gives us is a life of warmth. For it is his own delighting in the Father and the Son. I haven't got time today, but this incredible relationship between the Father and the Son, this mutual appreciation, this wonderful bubble, they're in this bubble of love and appreciation and encouragement and uplifting. They uplift each other, and the Spirit is right in the heart of that, doing that. So the Spirit is within us, revealing the Father and the Son to us. That's what the Spirit is doing. He's warming us up to the Father and the Son. Sometimes you might say, I feel far from the Lord. I'm not hearing the Lord. I'm not sensing the Lord. I can't feel him. I want to say to you, the answer, be filled with the Spirit. Because as you're filled with the Spirit, he reveals the Father and the Son to you. One of the great things about the Spirit, that's what he does. That's his life. The spirit in us 
He delights, he reveals the Father and the Son, and he warms our hearts to them. Michael reads again, My new life begins when the Spirit first opens my eyes and wins my heart to Christ. Then for the first time, I begin to enjoy and love the Lord Jesus Christ as the Father has always done. And through the Lord Jesus for the first time, I begin to enjoy and love the Father as the Son has always done. The Father's always loved the Son. It's why he's called the Father, because he's the Father of the Son. And the Son worships, uh, adores the Father. There's this glorious relationship. And, And the Holy Spirit lives with that and brings that into our lives by revealing the beauty and love and glory and kindness of Christ to me, the Spirit kindles in me an ever deeper and a more sincere love for God. And he stirs me to think ever more of Christ. He makes me more and more godlike, less self-obsessed and more Christ-obsessed. That's what the Spirit does. I invite you to stand. Maybe at home you would just stand or really just hold yourself in a moment of response. Do you want to worship the Father with greater passion and zeal? Do you want to respond to his mercy and grace by being obedient to his word? Do you want to love and trust and witness with greater power and depth to the Lord Jesus Christ? Then be filled with the Spirit. Just want to invite you, just going to lead you through some praying for a few moments. You might like to have yourself in a posture of receiving. There's nothing magic about holding our hands out, but the thing about holding our hands out is it, it postures us. It physically postures us as we just say, Lord, I want to receive today. There's also a sense of giving as we give a gift, and I'm giving myself. So, But as you feel, I just want to bring your whole posture and this moment to the Lord. I want to invite you to pray. Every one of us can pray, whether you'd say, I feel thoroughly soaked and saturated in the Holy Spirit, or whether you would say, today, I'm not even sure that I have the Holy Spirit. This is for all of us to be able to pray, Holy Spirit, won't you reveal yourself to me today? I just want to pray that over your body. Those at home, online, Those who may watch this today, later today, or in the days and weeks to come, this is what we can pray and we do pray. We say, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself in all your personhood today. Maybe you would say, I've never heard the voice of the Lord. I I believe you can pray this. Holy Spirit, please speak to me. Now, there are lots of ways that the Holy Spirit speaks, and we will look at that in the weeks to come. But pray. Ask him. Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, please 
speak to me. There's another element to that prayer. Holy Spirit, please help me to recognize your voice. Help me to recognize. I believe, I believe the Bible teaches that God is speaking all the time. All the time. It's for us to learn and grow in recognizing his voice. He speaks through his word. First and foremost, the Bible. He speaks through creation. He speaks through one another. He speaks in all sorts of different ways. He speaks through the actions of others who don't even know. He speaks sometimes through adverts and television and video and, and books. And he's speaking all the time. Holy Spirit, help me to recognize your voice. Just this area of warming. I know that some of your own testimonies my testimony also at times, but I've heard people say, I began to feel really warm. Now, not everybody feels this, but there's a physical sensation of what God is doing internally. There was like this warmth that went from the top of my head right the way down through. Some of you have experienced that, others may not have done. But what I want to say, Again, we can praise, Holy Spirit, would you warm me up to the Father and the Son? Would you cause me to be a bearer of fruit? Holy Spirit, would you bring me to life that I might bring forth the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, just come. Come and touch your body. Come and touch your people. Maybe some of you will experience physically something. We don't have to experience that. But maybe you'd say, I'd, I'd like something to be, I'd like to feel something more. I'd, Lord, I just pray, would you answer prayers that people might be asking you, that they might feel you, know you, sense you. I believe that that's something you want to do. Holy Spirit, help me to see where you're prompting me, leading me, and guiding me. Again, it's part of that life in the Spirit. Show me the Father. Show me the Son. As I open the Bible, would you bring your spiritual highlighter, your underliner? When I'm listening to a worship song, may phrases and Words stand out that speak of you that you're wanting to speak to me about. Show me things in your words. Holy Spirit, you're the revealer of truth. Show me things in your words. Please help me to recognize where you are at work today. Give me eyes to see. Open my eyes. Now just come, Lord. These prayers that we've been praying, we're praying them at home, we're praying them here. Holy Spirit, just come.
help people to begin to recognize that little voice. A friend of mine used to say, that first little voice, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, if you've invited the Holy Spirit to come and fill you and lead you, then very often that first little voice, that'll be God, that'll be the Spirit. The other voices that come after it are often your own. If we will respond to that first little voice, that first prompting, we will be astonished and surprised and amazed how he will lead us, what he will do through us. If only we will have the courage to, to respond to that. Help us, Lord.